tonight I want to preach about getting your edge back. Getting your edge back. There's nothing, uh, nothing worse than trying to chop with a, with a, or, or cut, a knife, cut things with a knife that's blunt. You're just trying to, trying to cut this thing that doesn't work or trying to cut down a tree with, with, a, with a, an axe that's, that's just not sharp. It's just blunt. It takes five times as much energy and, and it's less, less uh, fruitful. I believe that there's some people here tonight and God wants you to get your edge back, to get your spiritual edge back. Uh, for some people, uh, the, the last 18 months and COVID and restrictions and limitations uh, caused us spiritually to lose your edge for whatever reason, uh, multiple reasons, whether discouragement, whether it's just being disconnected, but there's a, there's a sense of, oh man, and sometimes you're not even aware of it, but every, then you're like, okay, I realize what's going on. I've lost my edge. So how do you get your edge back? Well, the, the primary way you get your edge back is through prayer. By seeking God, by getting some, something on you. I love uh, saying to some of you, j- just to help you realize that my haircut right now is not the worst I've ever had. I, I found a photo just to show you right now, just to help, to help you realize that this is not the worst. This is not yet that. If you weren't here last night, I asked my son to give me a number four and he gave me a four millimeters, which is a number one. Well, that, that was worse. That was to raise money. That was the only reason I did that. Early days of this church, before we were the senior pastors, I wanted to be like Jeremy. I didn't even know it. So get, get rid of that. That's distracting. Sansom's power was in his hair. And when he lost his hair, he lost his power. And his hair represents prayer. When you lose your prayer, you lose your power. And you can be part of a church that's got power flowing in it and people that have got fire and miracles are happening. But, but if you don't have your hair, come on, if you don't have your prayer, then you can be surrounded by people on fire but, but just be going through the motions. And that's really what religion is. It's just going through the motions. So I want, us to, I want to talk a little bit tonight uh, around what it means to build our spirit up in prayer to keep our own fire going. I shared a little while ago about the heart and that you're responsible for your heart and I'm responsible for my heart. Well, I want to tell you tonight, you're responsible for your spirit and I'm responsible for my spirit. I've got a little thing up here just to remind you. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we are created a three-part being just like God is three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You and I are three parts. You are a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. If we want to put that out for us now. you are. Just say this after me. I am a spirit who has a soul who has an incredible body. Come on, say that with some faith tonight. Just say that with some faith. Okay. Say to your neighbor, you're looking great tonight. I'm a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. Uh, When you get born again, when you become a Christian, this is what happens. Your, your spirit that was, the Bible says, were dead to God, cut off from God, unable to connect with God because of sin. And, the, and we're all born that way. We were born in sin, all cut off with God. And so the most amazing transformation happens in a person's life when we get born again. We become a new spiritual creation. So that's the, the next slide there, is when you get born again, you become a new spirit, a new creation, born of the Holy Ghost. And so that's that's you and I right now. No, not that one, the next one. But if not, don't worry about it. We're all good. We're all good. 
we can put that one down. So you're, you're a, a brand new spirit. This is what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about how you and I take responsibility for our spirit because we talked a little bit about the outer man and how we, uh, we live in a world that's obsessed with the outer man. We live, and, and, the, and when I say man, I mean man and woman, okay? We, we live with a, in a world that's obsessed with the external. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says this, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So, so physical training is good. It's important to get fit. It's important. Uh, you'll find that, that, uh, that you're, if we can go back to that original spirit, soul, body screen, just for a moment, okay, just work with me. If, if your body is in good shape, it will create energy. It will create mental awareness. It's coming. There we go. So if your body is fit, it will actually mean that you have hormones released into your, into your body physically that will affect your well-being. Serotonin will be affected. Uh, cortisol will be less pumping into your body too much from stress. And so physical exercise, it's beneficial for your physical body, for your emotional world, for your mental world. It's important. It's important to, to look after your physical body. Okay, that's, that's a given. That's what Timothy says. Physical exercise is good. But spiritual exercise is way more important because the, the condition of your spirit will have way more effect on your soul. Your soul, which is your emotions and your thinking and your mind and your ability to make decisions and your will, that, that's your soul. And that, that we have to govern and look after that. But the, way that, the thing that will affect your soul more than anything is the strength of your spirit, man. Your spirit. So if, although, you know, we, talk, we, we joked for a little while over the last uh, couple of months in our church about a, a, a guy who's well built and looking really good and he's a tank or he's a unit or whatever. I wonder what if we were to put your spirit up on the screen, your spirit man, would he look strong? Would he look well built? I love the message talks about um, not being flabby spiritually. It's a little harsh, I thought. So being, being a, a spiritual, strong person, what is, what, what, that, that person who's got spiritual inner man strength, that person uh, has joy that bubbles from your spirit into your soul. That person has love that flows from the Holy Spirit to my spirit into my soul. My, my, my thinking is overwhelmed because the, spirit who, the Holy Spirit who lives in me infuses my spirit with God's power and might and strengthens me up on the inside, then I can take on whatever demonic force comes against me. Then I can take on whatever thing tries to take me down. Then I can, I can speak the Word of God with authority. Why? Because I've got spiritual capacity. Your inner man, your inner person. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, that means power, that word's dunamos, by his spirit, Holy Spirit in the inner man. So the way that I build up, so I build my inner man up by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me and if I do spiritual exercise... If I do spiritual things, then I will find that my spirit man gets strong, which then affects my soul and my overall well-being and my ability to fulfill the purpose and call of God on my life. And so once you get saved, once more back to this, back to this screen, just so you understand this, once you get saved, 
you still live in a human body until we get glorified and do we come perfected like Jesus when we're resurrected from the dead. And then you'll have a perfect body and you'll have no problem with sin at that point. But until that point, we still live in the flesh. And that, that flesh is our humanity. And that's got constant pressure on our soul to pull us back to living out of our flesh, to, to, to fulfill the desires of our flesh, to, to do stuff we know we shouldn't do. There's, just this, there's this thing inside of us that didn't, it, didn't get, uh, it didn't get taken away when you became a Christian. I know you thought you became perfect, now you're a Christian. And the moment you think that, you're like, hmm, there it is again. It hasn't gone away. My flesh is still trying to pull me back. So here's the deal. What, how am I going to live a victorious life? If this gets more attention than that, if your spirit grows and gets strong, and there's all sorts of things that will build and strengthen your spirit, man, but I want to talk about one because it's Pentecost weekend right now, and it's speaking in tongues. I would love you and I to have a revival of speaking in tongues in our personal lives, in the church. When the Holy Spirit came, He came with tongues of fire, and people were, literally, they were physically seeable over people's heads, and then they spoke with tongues. And it was a gift that God gave to every believer who waited for the Holy Spirit. And it's the, it's the secret source of Spirit-empowered of spirit believers. You want to live a life that's miraculous and supernatural and full of God, then speaking in tongues is your secret source. It's the, it's the it's, I don't know if it's the burpees of spiritual life or what it is. But I feel like they're like the most painful but have the most benefit on so many levels. It's good to declare the scripture. It's good to worship. It's good to, it's good to make declarations and to prophesy. There's lots of different spiritual disciplines that are great. But I want to hone in on speaking in tongues tonight. At the end of this message, before we pray for people, because uh, I believe God wants to heal some people tonight. But before we, before we get to that, I'm going to ask you, would you do a 21-day challenge of, of speaking in tongues? I don't want this to be like, oh, when are we having the next nights of fire? I want you to have days of fire, mornings of fire, your own place. Because why? You got the fire, you got the coals of God in you. You just got to breathe on those things. Fan into flame the gift of God, including the gift of tongues. So there's a range of different things about tongues that I, that I can tell you. There's a, essentially three types of tongues. One type of tongues, the Bible talks about the tongues of men. And that's when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in a language that other people could understand that they didn't understand themselves. That's a supernatural gift, okay? The tongues of men. Then there's the tongues of angels. That's when God comes on a person and, and wants, uh, angels means messenger. He brings a message to the church. And so someone will bring a message and often this will happen in a small group or setting and someone will uh, speak in a tongue that's not their normal personal language and then someone else will go, I'm, I'm hearing God, I'm interpreting that tongue and bring a message. Paul wrote to the church and he said, I don't want the whole service to be someone standing up in front just speaking in tongues to everybody. I want there to be preaching because that's going to help people spiritually. But he didn't say don't speak in tongues publicly in a public setting. He just said you need to make sure that you speak to, so people can understand things. But don't not speak in tongues, okay? And some people get it confused and they're like, oh, why are you speaking in tongues in church? Don't you understand? Paul said don't. He didn't say don't. He said make sure you speak in English so that the mind can understand and you can edify people through that, through prophecy. He said I'd rather prophesy to a person than speak in tongues over them in a person because speaking in tongues builds me up but prophesying builds them up. 
So when we gather publicly, we want to build one another up. But I like us to pray in tongues as well. This is what they did in the early church. We pray in tongues together. Why? Because I want that gift fan into flame. I'm quite aware that for some people, the only time that some people pray in tongues is for two minutes on a Sunday. And I don't like that. I want to prime that. I want that to be the normal everyday thing for us. So that's three types of tongues. I've got two, two studies that, that have been done about what happens. One's the, the, the uh, University of Pennsylvania in 2006, and they, they wired up five different people and speaking in tongues, and they found that the, the frontal lobe, the, the willful part of the brain that, that controls behavior, was inactive while people were speaking in tongues. It wasn't a, it wasn't a brain thing. Then the, the, the language part of the brain, the, the part of the brain that controls language was inactive while people were speaking in tongues. So, telling you that your mind doesn't have to be engaged in speaking in tongues because it's not a mind thing, it's a spirit thing. In fact, interestingly, people who overthink it can often block receiving the gift of tongues because their mind is so active that they're overthinking it. They just need to relax and focus on receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit and then the overflow of the Holy Spirit is tongues. The other study that was done by Oral Roberts University, they found that there was one little part of the brain that was engaged when we speak in tongues. It's the, and, and this is the only known uh, time that that part of the brain is actually engaged. There's no other time that, that they've discovered that what that part of the brain is used for. And during that time, it, th this part of the brain releases chemical secretions directly into your immune system. It gives a 35 to 40% scientifically studied increase to your immune system when you speak in tongues because the chemicals are secreted, released into your immune system. It promotes healing in our bodies. And so what they say is that there's apparently this activity in humans that comes from no other way, only activated by spirit-led uh, praying and singing in worship, uh, in tongues in worship. Isn't that amazing? That's God. So why pray in tongues? Why pray in tongues? Just a few, a few reasons. When you pray in tongues, I've got three. I'm going to go through them quite quickly because I don't want you just to go away with, I've, I've learned something. I want you to go away with, I've decided that I'm going to engage something. So when you pray in tongues, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in, in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine. Come on, it's Saturday night, and some of you used to not be doing this on Saturday nights. Hello, I'm proud of you. Well done for being in the house of God on Saturday night. You're, you're not at that place that you used to go. You're here. Or well, some of you are like, well, I'm giving this a shot. Let me tell you, there's no hangovers when you get filled with God. It's a whole lot better. It's fulfilling. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, he doesn't say don't have wine. He says, just don't be drunk with wine. Just a little point. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. You'll be filled. So that tells me that if I, can, if I need to be filled, I can also be emptied. It tells me by going through normal life, if I'm not continuously seeking God and praying in the Spirit, then, then the Spirit level in my spirit is dropping. If I can be filled with the Spirit, then I can be emptied with the Spirit. So again, wouldn't it be interesting if we had like an ultrasound? Like, come, come on up here, Marina. Let's just see how filled you are with the Holy Spirit. And it goes up on the screen. I reckon she'd be pretty loaded. 
loaded with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because she worships and prays and speaks, sings in the Spirit and speaks in tongues. Speaking in tongues will fill up your spirit. When you're, when you're filled with the Spirit and your spirit man is strong, it's so easy to hear God. A nudge, a whisper, a thought from God. The power of God flows through you. Why? Because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. The gifts of God inside of you get activated. Why? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It releases joy, passion, zeal, and love. Second reason that we need to speak in tongues a lot. I love it. The Apostle Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. He talks about speaking, praying without ceasing. I reckon he must have just walked around. The cool things about tongues, especially with masks, I realized on an airplane. No one knows. It's awesome. But you can, you can pray quietly in tongues and no one needs to know around you. You're just praying. It's like, it's like speaking of wine, it's like a bottle of champagne. Once you pop that thing, then it's just going to bubble up and flow. So you're, you just gotta, you just got to get that flow of God popped. And then you start walking around, you find yourself singing and worshipping. Why is that? Because now I've got an overflow of God. Now, how did I get that overflow? Yes, I went to nights of fire. Yes, I got hands laid on me. Yes, I got an impartation. But if you're going to keep it, I've got to learn how to keep it and sustain it myself. And that comes one of the primary ways you'll sustain strength in the Holy Ghost and a strong inner man is to pray in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. Edifies means builds up, means charge up. So if I'm to edify me, then the way that I'll do that, strengthen my spirit, I speak in tongues. If I'm to edify you, the way that I'm to do that is to prophesy, to encourage you. The reason I build me up is not so that just I feel good. It's so that the gifts of God, and, the, and Paul says the, the best gift is prophecy, so desire earnestly prophecy. Why? Not so it's about me, because it's about you. Because then I can encourage you, because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. My spirit's strong. I'm hearing God. And then if, you're, if I'm down, you can encourage me. And if you're down, I can encourage you. And then if I'm reaching out to a friend who doesn't know Jesus, my spirit's full. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of God are given not just for me to have a quiver in my liver and to feel good about myself but to encourage people around my life, to be a strength giver. That's who you are. But you can't do that if you're drawing on a well that's empty. They'll be strong in the Holy Ghost. I know, you know, so frustrating when you know you need to make a phone call, but your battery's gone flat. Or you're making that phone call, and you're watching as you're making the phone call, and you know it's like 9%, 8%. It's just dropping away. And sometimes I've had phones that's like at 13%, and then suddenly they're just gone. I don't know if you've got one of those things. It's frustrating. The connection goes. Speaking in tongues charges your spiritual battery so that your connection with God can be strong. Speaking, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, beloved, talking to Christians, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? Because that's your responsibility. Your responsibility is to build yourself up. Mine is to build myself up. Mine is to encourage you to build yourself up. But you've got to do it. How do you do it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how you pray in the Holy Ghost. He's given the gift of tongues is accessible to every Christian. 
It's not just for favorites. It's the starting place for the, the gifts of the Spirit. They start with the gift of tongues. It's the, it's the least of the gifts, but it's the most powerful to be used regularly. When we speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit helps us pray in the will of God. How often have you been in a situation you just don't know? I just don't know. I've got this promise from God and I've got this and I've got this situation or this circumstance happening with that in that, that person's life or that situation and I, need, I don't really know what to pray. In Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S, helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We know how to pray in the Spirit. We just don't know what to pray for as we ought. What's the will of God here? What should I be praying? The Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Because so, he lives in us. So the Holy Spirit in me and my spirit join together to make intercession with groanings that can't be uttered. It's not like, oh, cool, I'm out now. The Holy Spirit's interceding for me. See you later. It's like, no, I'll pray with you. It's like if, I'm, you know, if I've got a car that's bogged and I'm trying to push it out of getting bogged and you come along and go, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll do this with you. You'll go, awesome, I'll see you later. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to go, let's do this together. That's what the Spirit of God does when you're praying in the Spirit. He is praying with you, strengthening you. He's bringing you answers. I, I, I'll just tell this story that I've told before. Well, 1, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My mind or my understanding is unfruitful. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm praying. And, and you know what? Often that's good. Because I would be sabotaging the prayers with my lack of faith if I knew what God was really praying through me when I'm praying in tongues. The good thing is, if I don't know what's at, what I'm praying, the devil doesn't know what I'm praying. So he's like, uh, d demons start freaking out when you pray in tongues. They're like, what the heck is going on? He's, he's, he's bypassing us. We don't know what God's strategy is. We don't know what the will of God is. We don't know what the shortcut. We don't know what to sabotage. Well, I'm bypassing my brain and the devil and going straight to the throne of God. The Bible says when you speak in tongues, you speak mysteries in the Spirit. The mysteries of the Spirit. One night... A number of years ago, I, I set myself to pray for a period of time and the Holy Ghost came on me with a burden to pray and a, a burden to pray in tongues and it wasn't just a normal, wasn't just my normal tongues. And I like this. Every now and then, I just set myself, I'm going to pray for this issue for the next half an hour, for the next hour and I'm just going to intercede on it. And sometimes you hit a stream in the Holy Ghost where he, you know whew, we're locked in and we're praying for something right now. When, when that happens, and this happened for me, supernaturally. For two hours, I prayed in tongues. So, and it was like, it was so easy. I wish praying in tongues was that easy every time. It came from God and me locking in together. And, and for two hours, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then it was like, it's done. And then I, then I struggled and I actually prayed all night. And that was so hard the rest of the night. But that, those two hours, I was praying and interceding with the Holy Ghost. He was growing. Was, there was something coming out of my spirit that I didn't know, but it was the Spirit of God. And th that will happen to you at times if you set yourself to pray in tongues. There will be moments where God is using you for something either that you're interceding for and you know. Well, in this case, I didn't know. But I found out the next morning my adopted older sister uh, who'd been away from God and my parents had adopted her and she'd been a rat bag. 
She knew God, but she'd been a rat bag. And so she, she, was, uh, she was actually looking to contest. My dad had died f- five months earlier. She was looking to contest the will. She was looking to do all this different stuff. And the pastor of my other sister's church, when he was praying, heard God say, Trisha's going to die. You need to get someone around to her to get her life right. She had kidney problems. She's in all sorts of pain. And, and what happened between seven and nine, while I was at my house praying in tongues in Melbourne, the pastor sent this guy around and he sat with her in her car. She was so sick, sat with her in a car and for two hours. She repented and listed all of her sins. She got gloriously saved. She got right with God. She got out of the car so light. She's like, I, I think I've been healed. It wasn't that she'd been healed. She, the burden of sin just broke off her and she got right with God. And that night she went to be with Jesus. And the joy for that from my mom who'd prayed for, for her all her life to know that all of those prayers plus this moment of intercession, it's like this is how the will of God comes into being. God doesn't just randomly do stuff over here on His own. He prays His will through the saints and speaking in tongues is one of the ways that we do that. You're praying the will of God even if you don't know. So I would like to light a fire of speaking in tongues in someone here tonight. I don't care if it's one person or 10 people or 50 or 100. I want us to stand to our feet right now. I want us to pray in tongues together for a few minutes. Just let's turn this place into a prayer meeting just for a few moments. If you don't speak in tongues, then we'll pray for you real soon. You can get filled with the Holy Ghost. Shamab Build yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Shamareti kiarote ramrusha, rombala resi kolorama resi kira, rombarama rebesili bamrusha. Building yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Shamareti arata rosana mamramba. Oh, the Lord is looking across the earth for those who will take a hold of Him, for those who will lay a hold of Him. Remamamba, His eyes go to and fro. Rebaturosha balamra, bam rebesi kata. All right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, here's the challenge, 21 days. Now, for some of you to pray in tongues for 10 minutes a day, that's your next step because you're, you're hit and miss. You don't really do it. So I'm just, I'm just like, I'm going to commit for 21 days to pray in tongues every day, even if it's like the last 10 minutes before I go to bed, whatever it is, better to start the day with it. But even if it's that, for some 10 minutes is you. For someone else, 15 minutes is you. Someone else, half an hour is what God's calling you to do for the next 21 days to get on fire for God. Maybe it's an hour. So it's, it's not like we're going to have five different altar calls come out. for. It's, I feel a little bit like when my fitness trainer says, you can either run to the stairs, which are way down there, or you can choose to go there. He's not really giving me a choice. He's like, you just got to 
to do the hard thing. So whatever it is that God's challenging you to do right now, if you're going to say, I'm going to do that for the next 21 days. I am going to take responsibility to get myself on fire. Minimum 10 minutes a day, but up to 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it is, this is that's between you and God. If you're going to do that, I want you to come down the front right now and, and just we're going to have a prayer meeting right now. If you're going to make a 21-day challenge of praying in the Holy Ghost, you might already pray in the Holy Ghost, but you're, going to, you're just going to step into this, into this season in God. And as you're here right now, now you might not yet pray in tongues, but you'd like to pray in tongues. Will you come down the front as well? And let's go. Just come down. Make your way. All right, just begin to pray in the Spirit right now. I'm not going to pray for anybody, so don't worry, catches. You can, you can get engaged. Lift your hands to God. And for the next few minutes, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Shaka, Ruka, 